Hello and welcome to RedTech Insights Monthly Roundup of Digital House News. I'm editor Marion Webb and with me today are editor Reed Miller and our UK-based reporter Barnaby Pickering. Reed, you did a long interview with the CEO of a company applying AI to detecting cardiac arrhythmias. What can you tell us about that interview? Yeah, thanks, Marion. So iRhythm has had a very challenging last two years or so, as we've reported on a few times. So on top of the pandemic and the challenges that created selling their AI-driven long-term electrocardiogram monitoring technology, the company has had four different CEOs and faced some significant Medicare reimbursement problems. So I talked to iRhythm CEO Quinton Blackford early in this year just to talk about why he took the, the job and how the company was dealing with those immediate challenges. But the reimbursement problems are starting to ease up. And Blackford is now looking to the future of the company and how they plan to expand their artificial intelligence platform along with their Zeo patch ECG sensor devices into new markets. So I talked to him again uh, about his vision. So next up, the company is going to launch a watch version of its ECG monitor that it developed in collaboration with Verily. And they had some encouraging trial data that was presented at the Heart Rhythm Society meeting earlier this month. They're also planning pilot studies for a new diagnostic setup that will detect so-called silent atrial fibrillation. Those are people who don't have symptoms yet. So perhaps more importantly, the company, which was founded in 2008, managed to restructure its debt and is now on track to hopefully break even uh, by the end of this year. And so they're looking forward to that. They've also recently appointed uh, a new um Chief Medical Officer, Chief Scientific Officer, Minto Terakia, who is a clinical cardiac electrophysiologist and researcher at Stanford University. And he is there to drive continued innovation, lead research and evidence generation, and enhance the clinical product and service portfolio, according to the company. I know we followed iRhythm's ups and downs over the last two years, so it seems like they're making progress. That's good. That should be encouraging to other companies facing the same reimbursement hurdles and trying to get the market to accept its innovation. Thank you for that, Reed. Now over to you, Barnaby. You wrote a couple of stories centered on digital health. One was a company called Spectral MD, which has developed a tool to assess wound healing. Tell us more, please. So essentially, Spectral MD has worked out a way to turn images of wounds taken across a broad spectrum of light into a diagnostic tool. Wounds that are healing contain some living cells and absorb light differently to wounds that are comprised of totally dead tissue. The company's CEO, Wang Shen Fan, explained that the tool named DeepView is much more accurate at assessing a wound's healing compared to a doctor. In a study, DeepView obtained an accuracy of 91% and a sensitivity of 83.3% when assessing burn wounds and diabetic foot ulcers, respectively. Telling whether a wound is healing faster allows treatments to be given sooner, making them more effective. It could also shorten hospital stays, reduce antibiotic usage, which causes antimicrobial resistance, and therefore lead to huge cost savings. The company is receiving ongoing grant support from the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, often known as BARDA, who have granted the company three, in total, non-dilutive funding grants, $21 million in 2021, $18 million this year, and $23 million in 2023. Clinical trials will soon fully commence, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results. You published a story about a study called Octopus AI as well. Interesting name. What was that about? 
So Octopus AI came directly from the UK's National Health Service, and um, they published an initial readout of the Octopus AI study. And what Octopus AI was looking for was to identify the key characteristics associated with lung cancer recurrence. The study identified 34 key characteristics before paring them down model by model to find those that were the best predictors. The results showed that the five most effective predictors were tumour size, as measured by treatment volume, tumour stage, that's the typical like T1 staging and nodal activity uh, scoring that has been used for decades, the treatment given, so what dosage was delivered and whether stereotactic body radiation therapy was used, smoking status, a fairly obvious one for lung cancer, and then a combined factor of increased age and higher body mass index. The study overall is actually a really positive sign that the NHS is finally adopting technology effectively. For years, people have been concerned that the service has been falling behind the times, and efforts to catch up have so far been very, very expensive and very, very ineffective. By harnessing AI this way, the NHS will save lives, by predicting recurrence and will also save money through the reduction in need of costly end-of-life care. Thanks for sharing your coverage on digital health with us, Barnaby. I also would like to highlight two stories that I wrote on digital health. One story focused on health apps and was a real eye-opener to me in terms of trustworthiness of health apps. For this story, I had the pleasure of speaking with Fatima Ahmed, who is an OBGYN in England and also the clinical lead for an organization called ORCA, which is based in the UK. And ORCA stands for Organization for the Review of Care and Health Applications. As the name implies, ORCA reviews hundreds of health apps, including Femtech apps, that women turn to for advice, but also health needs when it comes to period tracking, pregnancy, reproductive health sexual wellness, and other women's health issues. But according to Orca, sadly, only 20% of all the apps reviewed by the organization meet their required standards. The majority of these apps fail to meet Orca's standards for data privacy and professional assurance. That is really concerning, Marion. So who has access to the library of apps that do meet Orca's standards? Yes, so as of now, consumers do not have access to their library. Rather, Orca's business model is business to government and business to business. Clinicians can also pay a subscription fee to access the app library. And Orca also works with developers of apps to help them meet clinical assurance, privacy standards, and data security, as well as user experience. That's good news for app developers and hopefully will lead to more apps on the market that users can trust. You also recently had a chance to talk to an authority on medical robotics, which made for a very interesting exec chat. Tell us more. Thank you. Um, yes, Barnaby, it was great to have the opportunity to speak with Professor Moshe Shoham, who leads the renowned Technicon Israel Institute of Technology. So in the medical robotics world, Dr. Shoham needs no introduction. Several companies have been spun out of his laboratory, including Mazora Robotics, which was sold to Medtronic for $1.6 billion back in 2018. I talked to him about some of the other companies that have been spun out of his laboratory, which include Microbot Medical, Exact Robotics, Tamar Robotics, and his newest uh, company, Foresight, which is developing a robot for eye surgery. So Foresight is in very early stages, but Dr. Shoham told me that he's so confident in the technology that he will volunteer to be the first human to have eye surgery using this robot. 
when it gets to that stage of development. That's definitely a commitment to one's own research and development. And of course, you also talked about where he sees the future of medical robots, which readers can learn about in your exec chat on the MedTech Insight website. The archive of the Digital Health Roundup, Speaking of MedTech, MedTech Insights Device Week and the rest of Informer Pharma Intelligence's podcasts are all available on the Informer Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn and Spotify Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm at medtech Barney. Reed is at medtech Reed.